I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Liam. I'm the owner of PH Nutrition, and I am delighted to be joined by our resident podcast co-host, Luke Hall. What is happening Big Lukey Hall. Dude, not much, not much, just kind of plugging along. I'm going on holiday next week, so excited to be in. Kind of a big chunk of work done before that. Get a few podcasts in the book before that as well. Yes, I've just come back from Mallorca, buddy. Your holiday is probably going to be very different to my one, which was... actually my parents were there, so I did get, we get, we get a little bit of time, but thank God they were because I don't think me and my wife would have seen each other for the whole week if, if they weren't there to, to, to wrangle the kids down and, and put them down, take care of them for a a few hours a day so good mate it's good to have like i say i haven't been on holiday for a while so mate looking forward to going to croatia but before you jet off let's talk all things protein and in particular pre-sleep protein and i know that we've covered this in a previous episode but when this come across my inbox i, I really like this study because it is on pre-sleep protein ingestion um, but they pair way against casein now, when they said that this was the first study to do that, I, I didn't quite, I didn't quite believe them because obviously it got, you know, through all of the uh, checks and published, but I, 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 it kind of staggered me. I, I thought that there had been something uh, that paired it between whey and casein, but this was a, a really cool randomized control study um, where they took uh, 36 healthy men and they uh, performed a single bout of endurance type exercise in the evening, a quarter to eight, and then they had a carbohydrate breakfast afterwards, but then 30 minutes prior to sleep, around 11.30, they gave the participants 45 grams of casein protein or 45 grams of whey protein uh, or a placebo. They then hooked them up and took blood um, through the night. They put them on a cannula, <laughs> took blood samples, but they also took muscle biopsy samples just before bedtime <laughs> and seven o'clock in the morning. So fair play to these 36 healthy young men um, to volunteer for this study, but it has given us some very, very interesting results. So protein ingestion prior to sleep, we know that helps with protein synthesis. We know that casein has historically been used for this, but it was really interesting to see the results from a whey perspective as well. So the conclusions were that, that actually both 
protein uh, from a casein or whey did actually increase my fibula and mitochondrial protein synthesis. Now, the difference between those is that myofibril protein synthesis is primarily responsible for changes in like skeletal muscle, so your actual muscle mass. Um, whereas mitochondrial protein synthesis is more associated with the expansion and mitochondrial pool, like improvements in actual muscle oxidative capacity. So a bit of difference in those, but that would one, probably one of the key findings, wasn't it, Luke, in terms of the the different types of protein? Do you just want to just kind of jump in on Definitely, on yeah. And, and just thinking about just real quick, thinking about the mitochondrial and protein synthesis, the reason that they were looking into this was because it was more endurance mm. training based as opposed to resistance training based. Um, and that's kind of the, the bigger adaptation that we see from endurance training is that mitochondrial biogenesis, uh, mitochondrial protein synthesis. But um, yeah, it was looking at the two different types of way of protein, even whey and casein, it was interesting and looking at how, the impact that they had. Because as you said, it's kind of one of those almost like commonly held be beliefs that, you know, casein before bed is what we should have because it's slower digesting. Um, so you're going to get that kind of more balance over the night. Um, and interesting what they saw when they took kind of these plasma measures, they looked at a couple and um, they looked at kind of insulin as well in the blood plasma, which did show that casein is digested a little bit slower because you saw a higher, quicker rise of insulin after whey protein um, and sort of a slower one for the casein protein as well. But that didn't necessarily matter a huge amount when we're thinking about um, protein synthesis because what we saw with the um, overnight mitochondrial protein synthesis rates were much higher in the whey protein. Well, not much higher in the whey protein, but were higher in whey protein compared to casein. Mm. So both of them much higher than placebo. We're not shocked by mm. that. We know that protein, uh, protein feeds can stimulate muscle protein synthesis, mitochondrial protein synthesis. But the fact that whey was a little bit higher was really interesting. To yeah. Me. And it's one of those as well, where we, they, they looked at kind of plasma amino acid levels as well through that kind of period in the night whilst they're taking the bloods. And they saw that the whey, the group that had the whey protein, the plasma amino acid levels for them was higher, sort of that 60 to 90 minutes after they'd taken it. But the casein sort of plasma amino acid levels were higher seven hours later that in the morning. And we don't necessarily know kind of why whey is better than casein in this respect, but I think and I'm going to say, I think uh, that it's got something to do with this, not just being a pre-sleep protein study, but also a post-exercise yeah. protein study as well. Because yeah. we know that these guys have trained and then they're having some whey protein as well, right? Or casein protein. We know that post-training, whey tends to be a bit of a better option. It's faster digesting. And that might be why you've seen that increase in um, protein synthesis because of it. I'd be very interested to see one where they did resistance training earlier in the day and had a normal sort of diet standardized thing and then they compared just whey and casein at night as well to see what the impact would be there without the training if that makes yep. sense because it's one of those where we kind of say i'm a big advocate for pre-bed protein we know it can improve recovery we know it can improve a little bit of muscle protein synthesis as well but i'd want to see it without the training just definitely bed. definitely i think you you made a good point there to have a repeat study where it's resistance training earlier in the day. But I would also mm -hmm. just like to replicate this study and get them to do exercise in the, the exact same protocol, whether that's in the morning, whether that's lunchtime. So like you say, the, the post-exercise factor is taken away and whether that then means that the faster acting, faster digesting, bigger spike in leucine, more essential amino acids being put into the muscles quicker actually does that uh, benefit kind of be diminished a little bit because 
it's not a post-exercise kind of effectively a post-exercise shake because as like me and you have spoken about before the anabolic window does exist but it's probably a lot larger than a lot of people think so if they're training at eight, uh, quarters to eight and they're you're doing a, how long was the session it was uh, 60, 60, minutes. 60 minutes it didn't seem no that it didn't seem like 60 minutes at 60 percent yeah. like... so they is they weren't finishing until quarter to quarter to nine and then they were taking this they had a carbohydrate beverage and then they were taking this uh, around eleven thirty. so that anabolic window would only been two hours just about two hours mm -hmm. so it's still going to be very prevalent in this so i think that that's where like you said when we when we were reading through this that the way is probably going to be superior in this in terms of the mitochondrial protein synthesis um, and the benefits that they've seen from this study so i think First of all, it's a, it's a wicked study. I really think it's a really cool one that's given us some 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 points of to, to kind of talk about in terms of like future studies, but also the fact that if you've got a way necessarily, even if you're looking at training earlier in the day, I would be pretty confident to say that you probably don't need to worry about what type of protein that you're taking, yeah. that you should just be taking protein pre-bed yeah. um, and that you're actually going to get the benefits from a whey or a casein or a plant-based protein i mean obviously that's that's pure speculation but i would i would say that if you've got a good plant-based protein with adequate leucine and a nice blend of essential amino acids that you're going to see a, a very similar result so the fact that you don't need to be purchasing other products would be where i would derive some practical kind of take-homes from this the second thing would be that i actually like casein because you don't have to mix it with as much water so you can make like a pudding or you can make like, you know, like it, it's, you can actually eat it. So therefore having to chug a lot of water just before bed to take the whey shake don't, will impact my sleep a little bit less. I know I've taken shakes before and kind of woken up like three, four hours later to go to the toilet uh, and that obviously disrupts my sleep. But again, that's a, an individual thing, um, depending on what you want to do. But like I said, I think it's a really, really positive study to be like, look, you don't probably don't need to be taking something else just speaking of sleep there as well liam i would be interested to know sort of how much of an impact the sleep in this study had mm. on marks and muscle protein synthesis as yeah. well because it did not sound like that was kind of one of the key things that i noticed about this study is it doesn't sound like a good it's, it's a great study but not a good study to be a part of because you are having muscle biopsies done just before you go to bed and as soon as you wake up and through the night, they are drawing blood from you, yeah. supposedly whilst you're still sleeping. Uh, and it's one of those where just in terms of the acute practice of recovery, how much of an impact do you reckon sleep would have had uh, on this as well? Yeah. And obviously we don't know because they didn't really test or take subjective measures of sleep and stuff like that. But yeah. it, I think you're right. I mean, it sounds like if I've got, if I'm exercising in the evening and then I'm taking a shake at 11.30 at night, I have my blood drawn and I'm having a muscle biopsy, I don't think I'm in a very restful state to, to get a good amount of sleep. And then I'm, you know, if they're going to bed at half 11, well, no, they're probably not going to bed at half 11, they're probably going to bed at about 12 o'clock. But the amount of actually quality sleep I'm going to get because I'm going to be woken up by someone sticking a thing in my muscle, take a bit of my muscle out at 7 a.m. As you say, I think because this was just an acute bout and they're looking at one off, I think it would be, I mean, look, you don't need to be taking muscle biopsies every single time, but doing it over an extended period of time would be a really interesting, interesting results, an interesting study to look at. But yeah, obviously we know that the poor sleep will diminish protein synthesis. It will cause a lot of hormonal uh, issues that will make it very challenging to, for the body to recover. So 
I do think that that was probably one of the things in terms of the actual study design that could have been improved. Definitely. But very, very good study. We know that, like I said, if you, if you search back through the archives, we talk about casein, we talk about pre-seed protein. If you are someone that is struggling with recovery, that wants to, that is training at a higher volume, that, that potentially struggles to get that protein intake across the day, pre-seed protein has some real robust evidence to get it in. So I think it's really nice that you don't need to be worrying about what the type is, getting some whey, getting some casein, getting some plant-based, whatever you got, then I think it would be a sensible, sensible strategy to, to add this in, you know, every night or at least kind of two to three nights when you're feeling, you know, a little bit more, you need that support in terms of recovery point of view, but really cool study. Um, and, and I think some really kind of practical take-homes. So happy days. Anything else you want to touch on there before we, we wrap it up, Luke? Not really on that one. I think that one's a pretty open and shut case. I think. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Useful, just protein before beds. Doesn't matter what type. Nice and simple. Yeah. The other thing would be about the timing, just to, just the, yeah. they're like, they're t they didn't say the quality of sleep. They didn't track the quality of sleep. They didn't say when people fell asleep, how long it took them to do it. When we're actually looking at this, when we are advising people to be taking pre-bred protein, like, Yes, 60 minutes is probably where it's best just because the, especially if you're taking casein kind of thing, you know, like the, the, the release of the amino acids and the spiking in the insulin or anything else is, is smaller and more, it's more extended and the spike is smaller. So taking it, that could be taken even sooner before bed. So that you could be probably taking that two to three hours beforehand, depending on when you eat your dinner. Again, like, I, I just think that maybe in that 30 to 45 minute window would be, sorry, 30 to 60 minute window would be a, a sensible strategy. I know that, again, we don't know what time these guys fell asleep. So uh, taking at half 11, that could be 20 minutes, half an hour, one hour, two hours beforehand. So it would just be from a practical point of view, trying to get it in that kind of little window would be a, would be a sensible thing. Like don't be chugging your shake as you are in bed laying down. I think that would be a, just something of note. But cool. Lukey, thank you very much, mate. I think that was a, a wicked study to go out. Um, hopefully, I'm going to keep my eye on these to, to see if they do repeat this and edit it in any way because it would be a really nice one to, to have a future or follow-up study on this. So cool. Guys, if you like this podcast, please rate it, share it. Let us know if there are any other studies that you want to want us to cover and, and we will be back on the podcast with some more research reviews and some more nutrition tips and tricks. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you on the next episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.